Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome. Excited about the show today. Uh, in the second half, we have Bruce Pearl, Coach Pearl from Auburn University. He's going to be sharing about his love for Israel. And we are Israel team. And, and what is that? Well, our first objective is to help Christians understand their supernatural connection to Israel and the Jewish people by unveiling the deep Jewish roots of Christianity that have been lost to the church. Secondly, is to communicate the current events surrounding Israel and the Jewish people and the rise of anti-Semitism. And our main work is on evangelical college campuses where there's been a radical decline because of the resurgence of replacement theology that, that teaches that God has rejected the Jewish people. So in this radio program during the first segment, what we do is we, we teach on, on Jewish roots and we minister uh, what the scriptures have to say about these rich uh, Hebraic roots that we have as Christians. The second half, we interview students and sports figures and theologians to inform you of your role being a part of Israel team, your role in the restoration of Israel and the Jewish people. And so in today's program, we're talking about the Jewish concept of blessing. And if you would like the, the manual, the curriculum that uh, we're, being, we're using this month, it's called the Ancient Jewish Concept of Blessing, you can go to our website, israelteam.org, and for a donation, a gift of any size, uh, you can download uh, this entire beautiful uh, photographs and pictures and, and teaching of the concept of Jewish blessing. And where does this blessing come from? Well, it comes from Genesis 48, where Jacob blesses the two sons of Joseph, his grandsons, and he says, through you, all Israel will be blessed, saying, may you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim means fruitfulness because Joseph uh, named his son that because he said, may God make me and cause me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And Manasseh means forgetfulness, uh, for Joseph said, God has caused me to forget the pain of my father's house. And I know a lot of folks uh, in our childhood, there's pain. And uh, we, we go through uh, situations where often we're raised by parents or caregivers that uh, instead of blessing and affirming, they use words of, of cursing. Uh, Jacob says, through you, all Israel will bless. And so every Friday evening in Jewish homes all over the world, we saw last week that Jewish fathers lay their hands on their sons' heads and they pray this blessing. May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. And the moms, they lay their hands on their daughters' heads. Uh, may you be like Ruth and may you be like Esther. And the closest we come to this concept of blessing uh, is the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And you know the armies of Israel, they would not go into battle 
without that blessing, the Aaronic blessing being pronounced over them. And all through the Old Testament, you see Jewish fathers laying their hands on their sons and blessing them. You see families that brought their children in the New Testament to Jesus. Why? Because they said, we, we would like you to lay hands on them and, and bless them. In the ascension of Jesus, the last thing he did as he was ascending uh, planet Earth, the Bible says he stretched out his hands and he blessed his disciples. Remember Esau, when, when Jacob stole uh, the father's blessing from him, he wept a loud and bitter cry, is there a blessing for me too? And I truly believe that that's the cry of, of many people's hearts today. Is there a blessing for me too? And it's because we live in a world of transgenerational verbal abuse. Instead of blessing our children in the next generation, instead we curse them. And the chain goes unbroken from generation to generation. If a young boy is consistently cursed by his father, you're lazy or you'll never amount to anything. When that boy becomes a man, he often will continue the pattern and curse his sons and daughters. And that's where this concept of transgenerational verbal abuse comes from. It's, it's an epidemic in America. It's one generation cursing the next generation. And for many children, the most dangerous place in America is the home. When a son or a daughter hears words like, you're worthless, it is only a matter of time before they begin to believe those words. Saying, I made a mistake, is healthy self-reflection. But often when uh, a young person is verbally cursed, they come to truly believe that they are a mistake. So when a person never receives verbal affirmation, their inner confidence is slowly erased and the void is filled with a sense of shame. And the Jewish view of verbal blessing, they believe it's the emotional building block that is critical for a child's wholeness. And so that's why every Friday evening, and my first trip to Israel, that was my, my greatest takeaway, that I walked through the old streets of Jerusalem, I saw the flickering candles around the tables in the homes, and the doors are open, the windows are open. And you can walk by and you see a father there uh, in the candlelight laying his hands on his son's head, blessing them. You see a mother laying her hands on her daughter's heads and blessing them. The mothers are saying, may my daughter be like Ruth and may she be like Esther. The fathers are saying, may my son be like Ephraim and Manasseh. May they forget the pain of their past. May they be fruitful in their future. And speaking to wives uh, today, you may be married to a verbal abuser, and oftentimes uh, a man, because his father abused him or rejected him, he has that inner wound on the inside of him. He doesn't know what to do, and so it just comes out of his mouth. And you might say, well, there's no hope for my husband. But, you know, I've been teaching this principle. When I, when I came back from Israel that, that first trip, uh, and I saw this concept of fathers blessing their children, I, I realized that that had been lost within Christianity. And I came back and I started studying the concept. I wrote a book called The Forgotten Blessing. It was published by Chosen Books, a division of uh, Baker Bookhouse out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I started teaching this principle. And I remember an 80-year-old man, he came to my office one day. I was a pastor at the time. 
And he said, you know, I was, I was cursed as a young boy. My father uh, verbally uh, abused me and physically abused me. And he said, I, I've been an abuser to my wife and to my children, even to my grandchildren all these years. What can I do? And I said, first of all, you've got to forgive your dad for what happened in your past. And this 80-year-old man, tears coming down his eyes, he prayed a prayer of release, forgiving his father for his abuse. And he broke the chain. At 80 years of age, he broke the chain. He said, what do I, what do, I do? It was Christmas time. I said, sir, this Christmas, gather your family around the table and speak a word of blessing. Lay your hands on your sons, lay your hands on your daughters and your, your grandchildren and speak words of affirmation. So this 80-year-old man, <clears throat> he wrote blessings for all of his kids and his grandkids. And I heard the story a few weeks later. It was like a revival service in their home as this man, for the first time in his life, spoke words of blessing over his children and his grandchildren, over his wife. And there was healing that went through the whole entire household. So wives, if, if you're married to a verbal abuser, take heart because there's healing uh, through the Lord. A child who suffered because of verbal and emotional abuse will enter into adolescence and adulthood either living under the banner of extreme shame or the banner of artificial independence and self-sufficiency. Mitch Album has said, youth like pristine glass absorbs the prints of its handlers. Some parents smudge, others crack. A few shatter childhoods completely into jagged little pieces beyond repair. And in the ironic blessing, it ends with, may the Lord place his very name upon your life, the name of El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And so verbal cursing will cause someone to live in self-sufficiency, not in God's sufficiency. There's many forms of transgenerational verbal abuse. Here are some of the more common ones. Degrading, <clears throat> minimizing the worth and value of another person through casting shame and ridicule. Terrorizing, threatening physical harm if expectations are not met. Removing the safety of unconditional love and acceptance. Exploiting, modeling, and mentoring control, manipulation, and power over another for the abuser's benefit. Rejecting, closing the door and pulling the shade of relationship with another in order to gain a temporary sense of power and control. Corrupting, accusing another of behaviors with low value to the point the person begins to act them out. Isolating, separating a person from social interaction with others. Neglecting, overlooking and minimizing the most basic of life needs. This chain can be broken. The first step is to forgive your abuser. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and despitefully use you, and persecute you. I remember years ago, there was a, a young man, the, he'd, he'd come to church, and I was, again, pastoring at the time, and he said, I have such anger and unforgiveness uh, towards my father who abandoned uh, my family when I was five years old. And I told the young man, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to have to forgive your father for what he's done. He said, I can't do it. And months went by. The, the man was in a very dark place in life. And finally, he came back and he said, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to forgive, but I don't know where my father is. I don't know if he's dead or alive. And I said, well, 
write him a letter. And it's based on the unmerciful servant. Uh, And the Bible says that the unmerciful servant who would not forgive the small uh, amount that his servant owed him, the Bible says he was turned over to the torturers. And so when you're unmerciful towards someone who has uh, cursed you and you refuse to forgive, you're turned over to the tortures. There's, there's bitterness that begins to grow within your soul. And we've been forgiven much, and so we must forgive. And this young man had been forgiven, and I told him, you're going to have to forgive because God's forgiven you. And so he said, I'll do it. He went home. He wrote a letter to his father. He said, I forgive you for everything that ever happened. And I said, seal the letter and just see what God does. He sealed the letter. He put it into his desk. And would you know that as soon as he closed his desk drawer, the phone rang. And it was his father who he had not spoken to in 25 years. He said, you know, son, uh, I've called because I'm, I'm dying of cancer. And um, I've reached out to your sister who gave me your phone number. And I'm desperate to reconcile with you. And a few weeks later, I met with this young man and his father, and they embraced, and there was forgiveness uh, you know, that the son gave to the father. So forgiveness, they say, is the scent the rose sheds on the heel that crushes it. And so when we don't forgive that bitterness towards our abusers, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. But if we're to walk in blessing and become blessers ourselves. You see, I can't, I can't bless others unless I bless my enemies. Jesus said, bless your enemies. Bless those that persecute you and despitefully use you. And so I'm, I'm called to be a blessing towards others. But if I cannot forgive those that have harmed me, abuse me, then it's impossible for me to break the chain. And so today we're going to break the chain, that that chain of transgenerational verbal abuse that perhaps uh, this concept of, of blessing, you may be raising children today and, you know, you, you wonder, uh, how do I bless them? We're going to be talking about this this entire uh, month. And you can go to our website, israelteam.org. You can download this beautiful uh, teaching material uh, directly to your computer for a gift of any kind, and it will bless your life. Remember that next uh, is coming up is our friend, Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University. So let me pray with you really quick. Lord, I pray for the listening audience today. If they're holding any unforgiveness, Lord, that they would release it that they've been blessed in order to be a blessing. And I pray that they would be able to bless those that have harmed them and abused them. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. And we'll be right back with Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Auburn Tigers. I'm Bruce Pearl, head men's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers, and I'm very pleased to join my friend Aaron Free in the fight against anti-Semitism. You know, as a, as a, as a college basketball coach, I'm, I'm really more of a teacher. I love working with young people on the different campuses that I've had the, 
the opportunity to, uh, to work at. It's all about the information that we get. It's all about our exposure. Uh, it's all about where we, how we grew up. You know, I've learned that when we, as a, 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 when you as an individual, are, we as a team are successful, you as an individual benefit far more than if you as an individual are successful with the team fails. It's all about the team. It's all about putting things together. It's all about getting along. It's all about tolerating each other's differences. In fact, respecting each other's differences. And uh, it just saddens me to see people of different colors, of different religions, be so uncomfortable and so afraid. God is the father of all nations. I am blessed to feel a connection and a brotherhood with my, with, my, with my Christian friends. We have the same God, and we have so much more in common than we do apart, and yet our differences are always highlighted. When you see something is wrong, say something. Learn to love, not to hate. Together, we can make this world so much a better place, and I'm very pleased to join Israel team in this fight. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome to Israel and You, where our special guest today is Coach Bruce Pearl. He's the head men's basketball coach for Auburn Tigers at Auburn University. Coach Pearl also coached at Tennessee, Milwaukee, and Southern Indiana. Coach Pearl led Indiana to a Division II National Championship and was named the National Association of Basketball Division II Coach of the Year in 1995. Coach Pearl was named Coach of the Year by Sporting News in 2006 and was awarded the Rupp Cup in 2008. He also served as the head coach for the Maccabi USA men's basketball team in the 2009 Maccabi Games in Tel Aviv, Israel, where he led the U.S. team to the gold medal. In 2019, Coach Pearl led Auburn to the Final Four in the NCAA Championship. He's one of five Jewish coaches in history to reach the Final Four. Coach Pearl is a vocal supporter of Israel and the Jewish people in this current rise of anti-Semitism across the world and across America. Coach Pearl, welcome to Israel and you. Aaron, it is great to be with you, my friend. Coach, you're you're a, a lover of Israel, and I know your family loves Israel. And uh, you and I are are actually writing a book uh, together called "The Casualty of Contempt." There's about 17 authors, and uh, you contributed a, a chapter of this book that Israel Team is is publishing. And Coach, you wrote in your chapter about an experience you had as a, a Jewish man uh, facing anti-Semitism. And in your chapter, you tell the story of an encounter you had with an anti-Semitic gorilla at a baseball game. Can, can you tell the listening audience that story? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great tease, I think. You know, what exactly does an anti-Semitic gorilla look like? You know? uh, and how can you tell he's anti-Semitic? You right. Know? Um, you know, Aaron, I'm, I'm 60 years old. It means I was born in 1960. So you know, 15 years after, after the doors were opened, uh, at Auschwitz and other concentration camps where, where we discovered six million of my brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters, were murdered because of how they prayed. Um, also, being born in 1960, I lived through part of the civil rights movement. I was old enough to see it, uh, to see real racism um, and uh, real uh, segregation and, and uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the things that were still 
you know, challenged with today. I've, I've really seen, you know, throughout my lifetime. But every now and then, you see something that you just don't think you're going to possibly see, like an anti-Semitic gorilla. So I'm taking my kids and my wife to a baseball game in Cincinnati. My daughter is on the dance team at the University of Cincinnati, and she's got to spend the summer up there. So let's go up and visit Leah, and uh, let's take in a Reds game. And so we go to the Red game. It's a very festive atmosphere. It's a warm, you know, uh, uh, summer, early evening, and there's a guy across the street, you know, right next to the ballpark. He's got this gorilla suit. He's holding up a sign, and everybody's kind of looking at him and, and walking by him, and I'm just kind of curious as to what it is. So I... I keep my eyes fixed on him, and all of a sudden he turns a sign towards us where we could read what it said. And it said, F the Jews. And something about Jewish power and ruling the world and something to that effect. Uh, I just was frozen. I, I, I honestly couldn't even move. I might have even been in the middle of a crosswalk with traffic. And, oh. uh, of course, my kids kind of saw me my wife saw me and they tugged she they tugged at me for a couple reasons one dad let's go dad let's go knowing me my what's in my heart what's my passion and i've never walked away from a fight and uh i just couldn't i took two steps walked away and i turned around and i went out the uh i went out i i, I approached this gorilla and the only words that i could think of that i could say to him as he turned and looked at me was Juden, Juden, and of course Juden is the Jew, the German word for Jew, and that's that's what they used to s spray paint on a on a business or put that star of David on. I wanted to identify with the exact person that he was talking about, wow. um, and uh, he turned away from me, and I got back around into his line of sight, and I said Juden, and he turned away from me, and I said, I said uh, I am. A Jew. I'm ha I'm who you're talking about here. I said, if you'd like to put your sign down, if you'd like to take your mask off, I'll allow you the first punch. <laughs> and I put it at my chin. And he turned around again. He didn't want anything to do with that. And so I just grabbed his sign and I ripped it up and I walked away. Uh, and my biggest concern in that whole experience was, why was I the only one right. that, that was going to confront him? Why was it somehow okay uh, it may have bothered people, but nobody was really doing anything about it. Yeah, I think that's a an issue that we all have to face, Bruce, and it's in silent indifference. And when we see anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic acts, I think as Christians, we should be the first to stand up and say, you know, that's wrong. And we, we stand with the, the Jewish people that are literally today suffering. And across America, uh, every Jewish synagogue now has to pay for security guards in order to protect uh, their times of worship together as congregations. And no, Aaron, I, it's, it's not even today. I mean, I, from, the, from, from the, when the time I was growing, growing up all the way through, we always had you know, law enforcement and they weren't there for parking. Right. I mean, they, they were there for safety and they were there for security. And my dad taught me to, wherever we sat in the synagogue, to be mindful of where that exit, where the exit could be. And I've thought many times about putting myself in a position where I could either, you know, be the first one to, you know, to, uh, uh, to try to lead the attack to take a gunman down or, 
or, or, or make sure I could get my family out safely. Uh, that's not a really great friend. And then I always would thank those men and, and women who were there to protect us and thank, him, thank them for allowing me to come in and pray with my family and to keep us safe. Wow. You know, uh, what I truly believe is that uh, anti-Semitism is probably the oldest hatred. And there's a lot of theories of why, why it is that people despise the Jews historically. And one of my ideas is that uh, the Jews are the alarm clock of the world. They, they brought the God-given moral law into the world. And because people despise God, they despise his chosen. And you also tell a story in the book, uh, Bruce. Again, this book is called The Casualty of Contempt. Coach Bruce Pearl is, is one of the contributing authors, and Israel team is publishing this book. It'll be out in, in early October. But you tell the story of uh, your own children, and uh, they've all uh, had tattoos uh, placed on their, on their arms and bodies. And, and tell us that story, Bruce. Well, you know, whether it's folklore uh, or whether it's uh, in the Torah, uh, but we're not supposed to deface the body. We're not supposed to uh, have tattoos. Um, and, and you would probably know more about that in the Bible, Aaron, than I would, but that's sort of been handed down. Um, and, uh, but my kids wanted to have a tattoo, and you know they, they went and saw their rabbi, and they said, yeah, and certain Orthodox are very conservative, it's not, but, but, it, but not, not always, and you're not doing anything, you know. And, but they want my son, uh, Stephen, has got a, a very large star of David uh, in, on his upper back. Uh, my daughter, Leah, has got Hebrew letters written down her back uh, about peace and love and life. And, um, you know, I remember one time she wanted to go to India on a Christian mission um, with some friends. And uh, she's a beautiful girl. And um, uh, Daddy made her cry. Daddy wouldn't let her go. Not because it was a Christian mission. I've been on the Christian mission myself. It's because she had Hebrew letters on her body. It's 100 degrees at the time she would go. And I, to the way I looked at it, she was just simply a target mm -hmm. for a terrorist or someone that would look at this beautiful young girl, you know, trying to, uh, to help save the world and make it a better place. And I just thought because she had that label and that mark, uh, she was too big a target, and I, and I, and I wouldn't let her go. The, the other thing about it for me, Aaron, is simply this. Um, we have relatives that, that survived the Holocaust as children, and um, you know I, I, I can remember being at a Passover Seder and, or at the supper to Shabbat to dinner table and seeing my aunt or an uncle or, or a friend and, and asking them, well, what, what were those numbers on their arm? Mm. And then hearing the story about you know how they were tattooed for death. Wow. Bruce, I so appreciate you being a part of the, the program today. Israel and you, thank you for your support uh, for the Jewish people and for Israel. And for our listening audience today, we're offering a, a gift of a four-week study on the ancient Jewish concept of blessing. And if you'll go to our website, israelteam.org, and a gift of any uh, size that you can immediately download uh, this wonderful, beautiful, uh, glossy uh, curriculum that'll help you in your uh, family life and in uh, Bible studies. So God bless you. Thank you so much, Bruce. And God bless our listening audience for being with, with us today on Israel and You. Israel.